Hey, it's Leah Rance from Afternoons on Laser 99.3 and 98.5. This episode is proudly sponsored by Academy Mortgage of Agawam. They get the deal closed. Game of Thrones officially ended after nine years, eight seasons, 3,523 deaths, and one big, fat, controversial finale. So, now what? What the f*** am I supposed to do with my life? Leah Rance Afternoon Rance. Before we get into it today, just want to say we're going to be talking about this finale, so if you don't want Game of Thrones spoilers, like, what are you even doing here? You're playing a dangerous game of Thrones, ha ha, but no, seriously, like, go, because you're about to get spoiled. So, let's go over again what happened in the series finale of Game of Thrones, the final episode titled The Iron Throne. After Daenerys completely rickety wrecks King's Landing, burning it to the ground with Drogon, Grey Worm's killing all of the remaining landing soldiers on her orders. Jon Snow looks like he's going to step to Grey Worm in what would have undoubtedly been the best throwdown of all time, but then Tyrion pulls Snow away, and Grey Worm keeps slitting throats, as one does. Tyrion goes and finds his siblings dead beneath the rubble and goes to Danny while she's in the midst of telling Unsullied and Dothraki that they're about to go liberate, quote-unquote, you can't see my air like quotations there, all of the other areas too. And Tyrion's like, nope, I'm out, and throws away his hand to the queen pin, to which Danny promptly imprisons him. And then while he's waiting to be executed for treason, Jon Snow comes to visit, and Tyrion's like, my dude, please actually do something about this. And Jon's like, but she's a queen, Jon Snow. And Tyrion's like, did you not just see what the f- happened take care of this obi-wan kenobi you're my only hope okay so like i'm paraphrasing a lot but you get what i'm saying anyway so danny rolls up to the iron throne finally and the prophecy from season two comes true it's covered in ash but the iron throne still stands now daenerys goes up touches it but doesn't sit on it. This is important to remember for later. Jon Snow meets her in the throne room, and she goes on this big monologue about how she used to dream about this day and about how she used to hear about all the different swords made to make the throne and how she couldn't count to 20 at one point. And anyway, Jon tries to reason with her like, how about some mercy? And she's like, no, for sure, my dude. Like, I know this looks really bad right now because it's all up in flames, but trust, this is going to be a good world. And John's like, you sure? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, you sure you can tell what's good? Like, what about other people who think they know what's good? And she's like, they don't get to choose, bitch. I'm the queen. And John's like, you are my queen now and always and kisses the hell out of his own aunt and then stabs her in the heart. And she never got to sit on that damn throne. And then Drogon rolls up and pulls out the whole like Simba Mufasa bit. And he's nudging Danny like, Mom, come on. We got to get up. Mom, we got to go home. But that bitch dead, like dead, dead. So he freaks out, does Dracarys, melts the throne, then picks up his mama and flies off into the distance never to be seen from again. Meanwhile, Jon tells the truth, I guess, about killing the queen, but we don't get to see that. So then he's in prison and Tyrion's brought to the council of like literally all the important people in Westeros and suggests that they choose a new successor to the throne. And Samwell tries to suggest democracy to which everyone is like, LOL. And basically, Tyrion's like, how's about Bran Stark? To which Bran just stares. 
And everyone votes him in unanimously. And Bran's like, Tyrion, you want to be hand? And Tyrion's like, LOL, nope. And Bran's like, LOL, too bad. I'm king, bitch. Checkmate. And Sansa's like, the North's going to be independent because we've always been like that. And everyone agrees. But no one thinks to secede themselves because that sounds hard. And then John is sent to the Night's Watch to go watch for things because everyone's still hella mad about him stabbing Danny but the people who are mad <clears throat> Grey Worm and the Unsullied they sail off to Noth and the Brienne decides to alter Jamie Lannister's Wikipedia page and she shows great restraint and wrote down facts and then Tyrion makes a new small council with Brienne, Davos, Sam and ya boy Bronn who if we can just be really blunt here for a second really played the best game to win and then the Stark siblings all have a super sweet moment together one last time and then Sansa's crowned Queen of the North Arya sails off like a badass into the great unknown, and then John promptly keeps walking on past his duties at the Night's Watch, pets the true king of this series, his wolf ghost, and then leads the wildlings with his BFF Tormund back up north because they're sick of this whackness down south, and that's how it ends. And people had a lot of feelings about this ending. Just to go into a couple I saw on my Facebook, Josie said, quote, anyone who didn't want to see Tormund, Ghost, and Jon Snow ride off into the woods together is a liar. Adam said, quote, I guess you could say that was the point of Game of Thrones, that the wheel will keep turning since the two people most interested in breaking that, Jon and Daenerys, are exiled and dead. But that final message is really nihilistic and boring to me. I see that enough in real life. Mike said, I hated it. Ashley said, it was a good ending, considering, but it was too rushed. They were taking leaps and bounds. And Craig said, I feel like it's done and over. Which, let's be real here, is the most accurate of them all. It's done and over. I remember seeing the screen go to black, and I just felt like, oh, my favorite show just ended. And to be honest, there's not a lot of other shows out there to compete or to compare. Game of Thrones was fantastic in that it gave us, well, everything to offer in entertainment. I mean, high political drama, romance, horror, fantasy. There was action. There was adventure. There were fight scenes. There were warm, wholesome, quieter scenes. There was dazzling camera work, even if a coffee cup or a water bottle snuck in there from time to time. And the characters, the characters were the very foundation that was able to propel and keep audiences throughout the years. If there's anything this age of television and movie has been able to teach those executives that are controlling the shows, it's that we as an audience love a character to root for. That's why Avengers Endgame became the second highest grossing movie of all time, despite having a 22 movie story to follow through. You had to go and watch 22 other movies to really understand the full depth of what was happening, and it still made a ton of money. We, we didn't tire out. In fact, unlike most shows of this length, audiences with Game of Thrones actually grew over time, which is a rarity. It started out with 2 million viewers in the series premiere, and it ended with 18 million viewers in the finale, which is the largest number HBO has ever seen for any show or episode Ever. We like to see these characters evolve. We like to see them change over time. We rooted for House Stark or Targaryen, or if you were particularly messed up, House Bolton. And over 73 episodes, we felt like we knew these characters like the back of our hand. 
And that's the rub, I feel, in the controversy of why some viewers hated this ending. Because our expectations of how some characters would react to things was completely flipped upside down this last season. The Night King was off in the third episode and took the army of the dead off with him in like a domino effect. Jamie left Brienne and chose to die with his sister. Arya was convinced by the Hound to abandon her quest for vengeance and not try to kill Cersei. Grey Worm went on a mad killing spree, and Daenerys, of course, the savior who was built up over the seasons to have the biggest claim to the throne, lost everything in the great game, including her title, her closest allies, and fell into her father's ways, becoming the Mad Queen and leveling out an entire city of innocence. And these major changes and decisions happened over the course of six episodes in the final season. A petition was actually made after the seventh episode, The Bells, aired to have, quote, competent writers redo season eight and currently has over a million signatures, which is kind of sad when you think about it, because this is a TV show. Like if we could get signatures for things that really like like really matter, like I love this show, but like really mattered, like side note here, real change could happen. Sophie Turner, who played Sansa Stark, actually told the New York Times, quote, all of these petitions and things like that, I think it's disrespectful to the crew and the writers and the filmmakers who have worked tirelessly over 10 years and for 11 months shooting the last last season at like 50 something night shoots so many people worked so so hard on it and for people to just rubbish it because it's not what they want to see is just disrespectful overall opinions have been split to say the least with a new usa today poll showing that only 54 percent of people said the finale did not change their opinion of the show as a whole and on a scale of one to ten they were asked the score that would be given for the episode that that episode averaged at a 5.5 What it seems to be is that those who hated it are very vocal. And those like me, who I'll admit I'm fine with it, aren't really willing, though, to defend it. Because at the end of the day, upon glazing over the many comments and the BuzzFeed articles and the Ringer articles, it just doesn't seem like too many people actually loved the ending, save for when John finally pet Ghost. But a lot of people were just meh fine with it, which I'll admit is a sad way for a cultural zeitgeist like this to have gone out on. But it's better than it having been canceled. I mean, the big ideas were wrapped up. There's a new ruler on the throne. The wheel has been broken or not broken. I mean, whatever you want to see it as. The Night King is gone. The North is independent. The Starks reunited. And Tyrion gets to continue to be the voice of reason. I mean, it checks off all the boxes. And as for the rewrite, it can be almost certain that it'll never happen because showrunners D.B. Weiss and David Benioff have recently been announced by Disney CEO Bob Iger that they will be at the helm of the next Star Wars trilogy that's going to be coming out in 2022. So now what for HBO? I mean, the memes were pouring out after the finale and they were showing Arya slashing an HBO subscription slash Walter Frey's throat. But memes are just memes because the same fear came for the network after The Sopranos ended. Uh, in a recent article published by Business Insider, Toby Holleran, he's a senior analyst at Ampere, Ampere I hope I'm saying that right, an- analysis, contested that, quote, while Game of Thrones may be a driver for subscriptions, HBO does not suffer a meme 
immediate losses to subscription revenues after a season finishes. But HBO certainly has a challenge to keep fans on their hands now that Game of Thrones has ended. So what's next in Westeros? Well, a Song of Fire and Ice writer George R. R. Martin from where the TV show derived its content from has already said on his blog concerning the ends of the books, quote, I expect these last two books of mine will fill 3,000 manuscript pages between them before I'm done. And if more pages and chapters and scenes are needed, I'll add them. And there are characters who never made it onto the screen at all and others who died in the show but still live in the books. But that's whenever it'll actually happen because his last two books slated in the series are going to be called The Winds of Winter and A Dream of Spring. His last book, A Dance with Dragons, came out in 2011. Although he has set an interesting time limit for himself, he said in his latest post that he's going to be serving as the Toastmaster in the 2020 World Science Fiction Convention. And he said, quote, but I tell you this, if I don't have The Winds of Winter in hand when I arrive in New Zealand for Worldcon, you have here my my formal written permission to imprison me in a small cabin on White Island overlooking that lake of sulfuric acid until I'm done. Alrighty then, George. A prequel is currently having the pilot shot right now and it's gonna, it's set in the spring but it might be in the summer uh, it's called Blood Moon and it's got Naomi Watts starring in it she is what is called a charismatic socialite hiding a dark secret that's how she's been described Jane Goldman is going to be at the helm uh, you might recognize her work she was the co-writer for the two Kingsman movies X-Men First Class and the tragically underrated Stardust movie and from HBO here's the description of the prequel right from the horse's mouth taking place thousands of years before the events of Game of Thrones, the series chronicles the world's descent from the golden age of heroes into its darkest hour. From the horrifying secrets of Westeros' history to the true origin of the White Walkers, the mysteries of the East to the Starks of legend, only one thing is for sure, it's not the story we think we know. There are three other prequels that are currently in development right now, but nothing has officially been announced. Blood Moon won't feature any of the characters or actors from Game of Thrones. And if you were hoping for a Dora the Explorer adventure time sailing the high seas to find what's west of Westeros with Arya Stark, think again because programming president Casey Bloys told THR that he wants Game of Thrones to be its own thing and that picking up a sequel or where any of the other characters left off doesn't make sense. And that's where we're at right now as a fan base. The Game of Thrones has officially ended and I still feel as mixed about the whole thing as the minute that screen first cut to black. I mean, I share the sentiments of those that are angry about the breakneck speed in which the series ended because I too wish we could have gotten another full season to have things really smooth out and maybe things wouldn't have felt so jarring. I feel sad in the fact that it's simply over and ended. But I also think about how freaking pumped I was when Arya shoved that dagger into the Night King's gut. I mean, I just get chills thinking about her response to the God of Death. I loved watching Brienne and Jamie finally admit their feelings for each other, even if he left her. 
And I think one of the best scenes in the entire show was when Sir Davos and Tyrion and Tormund and Brienne were all sitting and talking and drinking. Oh, and should I mention Podrick as well? And they're all trying to mentally prepare for the Battle of the Night King. I had some people argue with me that they felt like that was filler. And I actually felt like it was touching and it was finally we were getting some sort of like, I will admit fan service, but these were characters we'd always want to see interact. I'm also happy in the fact that it ended and that the Starks were reunited and that Tyrion and Brienne got to live and Bronn got to be the mother master of coin. I mean, it was still a phenomenal show. And up until this point for me, there's been really nothing to compare it to. But overall, I'm happy that it ended because if you've ever dared witness the true unraveling of a good show like True Blood or apparently Dexter, you'll know that it's good to leave when you're out on top.